1: That's right. My name is Scott Adams. You're listening to the Scott Adams Show. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today, and um, we're going to be talking about the globalist agenda uh, today, and also uh, we're going to be talking about Fauci and Rand Paul still going at it, and how you know we're we're finding the truth in every corner. And we have some added benefits. And the added benefits are that we, in this round, in this fight, we still have Donald Trump. He's, his, the numbers associated with Donald Trump's speeches has been just astronomical. People were dying to hear what this man had to say. And in North Carolina, he said it. He gave a great speech. And when you compare the numbers and, and the engagement and the fact that people were still talking about Donald Trump's speech the day after the speech, and and uh, you compare that to Mr. 81 million votes, you know that he didn't get 81 million votes, right? Uh, so <clears throat> not only is it that the coattails are ripe, not only is it that the Trump brand it's strong, but it's important that it stays that way for so many reasons. I can name one that people probably aren't even going to think of. Well, a lot of our listeners probably will, but Joe Manchin. Joe Manchin voted to uh, in the Senate against the massive H.R. 1 House of Representatives voting bill and without Joe Manchin's vote you can't get the the Democrats aren't going to have the muscle to rig the election because they're 50-50 and they require they require a tiebreaker by Kamala Harris so you get 49-50 you don't have enough votes to pass it you have 49-51 you only have 51-50 So his vote, his swing vote, is worth a lot. It's worth a lot of money. That's why the Biden administration's going to Joe Manchin's office and offering him everything in the sun, saying, we're going to give West Virginia so many jobs in the green field, in the green energy sector. We're going to give them so many jobs that it's going to make your head spin. And guess what? He's not buying it. Joe Manchin's not buying it. He knows Trump digs coal. And he knows that he can't win without Trump, even though he voted to impeach Trump twice. I like that. So he turned a blind eye to due process, and I could never forgive him for that. And... He's only a Republican when he's up for a a, a new election. And I think that's the case for him. um, Because he won in 2016 or 2018, Joe Manchin. But his daughter also is uh, someone who's kind of big in uh, the medical field and is benefiting big time so they're trying to pay off his daughter they're trying to you'll you'll probably see some bad things happen to the daughter in terms of employment if he doesn't comply so this uh joe manchin says why i'm voting against the for the people act and that was a voter bill act democratic senator joe manchin uh opposes bill aimed at protecting voter rights. So Chris Wallace, you know, not too happy about it, grills Joe Joe Manchin over naive hopes for bipartisanship. Now he took to the office in 2010 and he was reelected in 2016 and he was a governor at one point there. And so now he's up again in 2022. That's the story on Joe Manchin. So the issue there is, for Joe Manchin, is if he wants any chance at re-election, he's going to have to vote no against the filibuster. He's going to have to vote no against this election protection that is basically election rigging. You know, they always say, they always, they always give it a name that's very, you know, very positive, but it's the exact opposite. The legislation that they generally are pushing is the exact opposite. In this case, the For the People Act is not for the people; it's for election rigging. It's for the Democrats, just like open borders is all about importing liberal voters. The only problem for the Democrats is they don't know it yet. But the Hispanics don't really give two two cents to the Democrats' policies. Once you're in, you don't want any more competition. So, you know, when these people come through the border and they're offered up jobs by Valerie Jarrett's board on the Lyft or Uber gig economy and they're doing all these jobs for very little pay working their butts off to try to find that american dream they've been promised they're illegal they're hiding around every corner they're timid and shy they're not going to vote for the democrat they're going to vote for the republican because they don't want any more competition driving their the, the cars that are competing with them or working those uh, labor jobs. They don't want any more competition. Once they're in, they're, they're in. But it goes beyond that. You know, Kamala Harris is down in the Triangles. Meeting with people. She looks like a fool. She's coming off the plane with a mask on. Her hair is covering her entire face. She looks like she's in a hijab. and And, and it's not even a hijab. These people are not ready for prime time. They couldn't even get their plane off the ground the first time they tried to lift off. They had a landing uh, mechanism problem on the Air Force, too. But 172 nations are are coming through the border. Basically, it's open border. I remember back in 2016 election when Hillary Clinton uh, was found out. She gave a speech in 2014 to Goldman Sachs, and the speech that she gave was about opening the borders and abolishing ICE and all this, and we thought it was the most cockamamie thing we had ever heard of before, and the same was true about um, Elizabeth Warren when she came out, and we said, well, that's it for her. She's a, she wants to abolish ICE. Ocasio-Cortez wants to abolish ICE. That's where the Liberal Party is right now. And when you take a look at it, it's a cockamamie scheme. Then they brought it over. Instead of just the border, they wanted to defund the police. And they're acting like they never really said it when it doesn't work well for them in the voting booth. But all along the way, once they get their rigged election, they go right back to that well. They're driving and hitting it hard. And the the problem is, they, they really can't have it both ways. There's memes flying around. 275 riots for Black Lives Matter. One riot on January 6th. And now more video is coming out indicating that it was the Capitol Police that was killing people. It was the Capitol Police that was actually throwing the Patriots off of uh, a second floor uh, railing because they were trying to climb up the building. Now, I'm not condoning climbing up the building. I think that's wrong. and Who knows? Maybe that would. they were Democrats infiltrating, trying to make the Republicans look bad. I've heard a lot of stories to indicate that. But even if it was the Patriots climbing the building, they had every reason to. Their election had been rigged, stolen from them. And we're going to find out a lot more now. that AZ audit has three shifts going, and they're almost near done manual counting. But they, we still don't know who shot Ashley Babbitt. We don't know who those Capitol Police were that shoved people off the second floor. Instead of helping them over the railing and then detaining them, which is what normal law enforcement would do, these were unarmed people, folks, and they weren't fighting back. They didn't have pipe pipes and swinging them at officers' heads like Black Lives Matter and Antifa. Incidentally, Black Lives Matter, when you go to blacklivesmatter.com, all of their funding goes to one party, Act Blue. And yet... In the State Department, they want to put a Black Lives Matter flag up above every embassy. Tell me that's not government tax dollars financing a liberal political institution run by Marxists who are getting fat and rich buying three, four million dollar homes. That's what our government is doing. That's what our State Department is doing. And in addition to the Black Lives Matter flag, they feel the need to actually put a rainbow flag up too to support people's sexual choices. If you have a sexual deviancy from the norm, we're going to put your flag up. You you could spin it like that. Is it settled science that you're born that way? I think some are, some aren't. I was talking to my dad about that actually and he said probably some are more and some are less but certainly some homosexuality is a, a learned behavior built on your social uh, derivative from your social network. But the globalists are up to something. You got to figure out like what, it, what is the agenda? Like why are they doing all this? Why are they breaking everything? Huh? Why are they doing it? Why are they pushing this ridiculous critical race theory? Why are they doing that? Now, you know, get credit to CBS and Face the Nation. They actually put Condoleezza Rice on, who I think, you know, has a good pedigree for talking about this. She grew up in segregated Alabama and said, if you look at the Tulsa massacre, you, you, you should also tell the story about how they came out of the massacre, how they pulled themselves back up, and how they recovered, and how they thrived. Or talk about the mayor in Alabama that's a black mayor, and how they came out of segregated South and were able to put black leadership into, you know, into leadership roles throughout the South. Turns out the Republicans The Democrats never got that done. The Democrats always want segregation. Black Lives Matter wants segregation. The Democrats are always segregating. They'll segregate you with your vaccines. So the vaccine passport is a form of digital segregation. So Montana, Idaho, you know, all these right-wing conservative states... Even Florida, Texas, they're, they're saying we're going to put a ban on vaccine passports. And then there's other states like Oregon, Washington, New York, California. They're going to mandate vaccine passports. So now if I'm doing business and I live in a conservative state, a red state, how am I going to actually do business with it? How am I going to go and meet with my client who has an office in a blue state? If I don't have a vaccine passport. And so I'm segregated from that. It divides us as a country. And of course, that's how you conquer, right? Divide and then you conquer, right? Because you can't beat Goliath, but you could beat his toe. You could beat his ankle. You could beat his knee. So you break Goliath up into many pieces. And you say, we're only going to fight one of your pieces at a time. And we're you know you could beat them. And then you get a domino effect of discouragement. Divide and conquer. That's what they want. And why are they importing everybody from 172 countries through our southern border, our open border? Well, because, like I had said in shows past, nobody else ever says it like this. And I, I invented this concept. But the idea is you need an account in order to create an invoice. Remember with QuickBooks? You can't create an invoice if you don't have an account. So when these people come over and they get ID'd, they're given an ID that's a government account, whether they're a citizen or not. And that's why the census, they didn't want the are you a citizen question. Because then what would happen is the illegals wouldn't have filled that form out. They would have hid. But if you say it's okay if you're not a citizen, then states like California will get more representation, more congressmen, as if they don't have enough already. But they're losing them because people are leaving those states. The only problem with that is they're bringing their liberal values with them to red states. Because red states are more pleasurable to live in. You know, tax burden-wise, mask-wise, whatever. Draconian measure-wise. Regulatory-wise. But in any case, you have an account and you need an ID. And then you create a registration. Then you register them to vote. Then you give them a ballot. Then you run the ballot through a Dominion voting machine with a faulty algorithm. And then you get a guy like Eric Kroemer, a, a very radical left Trump-hating senior official at Dominion to transfer votes, delete folders, and do all kinds of things. Like in an AZ audit, they don't even want to put a, send over the admin passwords. Why is that? So, this private company is the only one that can really control the outcome of the election? And everybody that works there is a radical left lunatic? I don't think, I'm, I'm not so sure that's going to work out too well for the Republicans. Is it? Ask yourself, how could we be that stupid to allow that to happen? But somebody in power did. It's crazy. Trump under. Trump underscored all of this beautifully. You know, I would have played his whole speech, but it was too too long. It was way too long. But it was great. It's a great speech. But yeah, we can't have that. We gotta have control. But this this whole thing about open borders is about creating accounts. Creating accounts. The get IDs, the get registrations that then turn around and get ballots. And these ballots never even get mailed. They don't even get mailed. I used to think that they were, you know, sending them to a warehouse mailing address. But no, they're not even getting mailed. They're getting created. Like in QuickBooks, you can create an invoice, you can pay the invoice, and you never really have to mail the invoice. You just need an invoice number. And you could print the invoice, and it would look like an invoice, but you don't need to print it, and you don't even have to email it. You could just create it, and then you can take the credit card that the customer gave you to pay the invoice and pay it. And then on their statement credit card, that's their receipt. That's the way it's a lot, a lot of time. That's the way it's done. You might get an email notification saying, hey, you paid. But I guarantee you in the case of the illegal, they don't have an address <laughs> that you could reach them. They're hiding, they're living as a squad, they're living in somebody else's home somewhere. Working under the table for next to nothing. In some cases we would call them like a slave laborer. Or we would call what Biden's doing, creating slave labor markets in little nests within our country. That help corporate sponsors and donors. Thrive and profit at the exploitation of these slave laborers, slaves like the Democrats always supported, like Jefferson Davis fought Lincoln to support, like when the Republicans passed the tenth and eleventh or the thirteenth, fourteenth, and fifteenth amendments in the wake of the Civil War, they got no help from the Democrats. They, Democrats didn't want black people to be more than three-fifths of a man like a whole man. The Democrats fought tooth and nail against black voters. Okay it was black uh, it was Democrats that fought for slavery. It was Democrats as late as the 60s had George Wallace, a Democrat from Alabama, stand in the doorway and block integration. The Kennedys had to even get on them about it. And so then it flipped and Republicans moved south from the north and they changed the south forever. The Republican Party was started for the sole reason of abolishing slavery. It's written on a sign official in a liberal city like Philadelphia outside of a building called the Music Fund Hall in 1854. In 1856, they had their first candidate who lost to Buchanan. In 1860, they won their first race with Abraham Lincoln. You could take that to the bank. It is what it is. And it will never change. Cancel culture won't change it. No matter how they try to cancel that, no matter how they try to erase it, they can't do it. They won't do it. We won't let them. Will we? So here we are. What is the big picture? What, what is it about them wanting to rig elections? You know, because that's how you, you know, when, when, it's, when you're trying to destroy a country in front of your face, you have to do it through a rigged system and the first way you do it is you rig the election to get in and mess things up. And what they're doing is they're raising your taxes. They're sending your which result they're raising corporate taxes which sends your corporate jobs overseas. They're abolishing the Keystone pipeline and other energy independent pipelines that even them them they themselves say it's the cleanest way to distribute oil. We learned that in the Colonial Pipeline. But get this, is it any any coincidence that the two recent hacks, by the way, the Biden administration says hacks are here to stay and hacks are going to happen for as long, forever. There's no way to stop it. How's that make you feel? Ransom. Terrorism. So, The point is, is that this is just a new way to change policy. They tried COVID. They tried climate change. So they tried to scare the bejesus out of you with regard to climate change. And they did. They came up with uh, faulty data. All 97% of the scientists used the same data and came up with the same conclusion. But it was flawed data. And they came up with this and they said... I was in a, a conversation with a bunch of liberals uh, over the weekend. And uh, they were talking about, you know, they just nonchalantly talk about things like, you know, look what's going up in the northern Arctic there. You know, uh, Russia's really doing some movement over there, up there. It's like, great. And they're like, well, because the water's all melting up there, and, you know, they they just like matter-of-factly, right? Matter of factly, it's just all melting up there. But what they don't talk about is, how about the South Pole? How much ice is building up in the South Pole? Hell, well, you know, there's not much interest in the South Pole, so I guess it doesn't matter. But when it comes to climate change, you're looking at the global uh, cycles. And so we don't have... There might be a slight warming, but who? what's the root cause of it? Who's to blame? And why doesn't China do more? Why doesn't India do more? Why is it the United States has to do it all? You know, last I checked, Germany's still selling their big BMWs and Mercedes and Porsches. Last I checked, you know, they're, they're doing a lot of gas guzzling vehicles. They're not too concerned about it. You know why? Oh, because Biden uh, uh, gave the blessings. The American president uh, gave the blessings of Russia's pipeline into Georgia. I mean, into Germany. Into Germany. And one of the guys from Gazprom, Schroeder, was a former president of Germany. And France is like perhaps the number one seller of weapons now on the black market. See, they're getting, their, they're getting their gigs back because they got the wars now. They got these wars that they're able to sell their weapons to oil-rich uh, liquid money down in uh, the Middle East. You got the conflict in Syria. You got the leveraging, and everything's back to the status quo is the way it was. You know, what Trump did was when he pulled out of Syria and when he, he de-escalated and when he created normal relations with Israel, with the Abraham Accords, he really you know disrupted the power structure. So, like, for example, NATO's coming up and, and Putin has, I mean, uh, not Putin, Biden set up a side meeting with Erdogan And it's those kinds of meetings, though, where it's back to where they're back in business. Lord knows what's going to happen to Egypt and Al-Sisi. Now that you got powerful people that hate Israel and pretty much are going the exact opposite direction of peace in the Middle East. Peace in the Middle East is really not that difficult. We thought it was. Because we never thought that our leaders were betraying us. But what we're seeing on the southern border was, is, a, is a willful, intentional policy to destroy legal immigration. And one would think, how did we get here? And does anyone run on that on a campaign? And like I said, Hillary Clinton was advancing that way back ahead of everybody. In private speeches to Goldman Sachs in 2014 and in the lead up to 2016, she sort of denied it, taken out of context. But then Elizabeth Warren doubled down on it and now it's become pretty much a norm for the Democrats to endorse open borders and abolishing the police, abolishing ICE. Some of the most boneheaded ideas I've ever heard of in my life. They're brazenly doing it. And the reason why they're able to do that is we have no free press. We have absolutely no free press. But we're starting to see it on a global stage now. Because every action causes a reaction. So when you go with wars, you open up new business opportunities with the military-industrial complex. And it's just a vicious thing. And... One of the things, once more, if you look at the numbers of uh, what's going on in the southern border and how many rapists are, you know, uh, uh, sexual attacks and and the things that are going on in the border. Uh, how about the inner cities with skyrocketing numbers in gun shootings and gun violence? Again, the Democrats don't really care that their policies are killing people in the streets Why should they? The people that are dying along the border and dying along the streets are the poorest of the poor. They never cared about the poor. They never cared about the poor. The poorest of the poor were the black slaves back in one day. Back in the day. And guess what? The Democrats never gave two craps about them. It was the Republicans that fought for the liberty of slaves. It was the Republicans that did that. It wasn't the Democrats. The Democrats never cared. The Democrats put up Planned Parenthood abortion clinics in every minority center. Margaret Sanger was the biggest uh, grand poobah of them all when it came to eugenics. She even beat Hitler in terms of numbers, sheer numbers. And Hitler himself was a socialist radical nationalist. And so was Mussolini, and so was Mao Zedong, so was Pol Pot, so was all these people. These dictators, the Castros, the Chavezes, the Maduros, they're all coming to you with this communist socialist agenda. They call it utopia until they go broke. Like Margaret Thatcher said, socialism is great until you run out of other people's money. Well, that's about to happen when they crush the middle class in order to, to gain their, their um, control over that middle class. The double-edged sword is then they go uh, the government goes into major debt, which we've already done. We're already half, more than halfway there. And this COVID experiment is just par for the course. And that's right. It is a bit of an experiment. Because they couldn't, they couldn't control everything. They couldn't predict everything. Just like they couldn't calculate the algorithm just well enough to get Hillary over the finishing line in 2016. They, damn, they doggone well made sure that they got the algorithm. But they went hog wild. Now they're going to get themselves caught. And it's going to be the states that are going to bring it home. It's going to be the states and federalism and what our country's protection mechanisms are all about. It's going to be the states that are going to control the border at the state's expense, though. It's going to be the states that are going to actually push against critical race theory and allow that to go to the Supreme Court, which will win in the Supreme Court, hands down. Critical race theory is just for a bunch of retards. It's absolutely insane that anybody would even think to teach our children that kind of nonsense. and loser mentality. Bunch of victims. It's crazy. So it's the states that are going to actually reform elections. Thanks to people like Joe Manchin right now. Not a fan. Anybody who turns a blind eye to due process and votes to veto President Trump When we know, you know, I know President Trump was the greatest president we've had perhaps ever. And in addition to that, President Trump didn't do anything wrong. The Russian uh, conflict was a hoax much like Watergate. Watergate was a hoax, believe it or not. And the Democrats... And the FBI the liberal FBI and the liberal media, and uh, colluded to take down a president, President Nixon. Nixon made one mistake. he got his hands fingerprints on the cookie jar, and he got you know he got uh, rejected because his fingerprints were there. Trump said, "I didn't do anything wrong. I'm not going to get involved." Basically, one thing I learned from the uh, Watergate was I don't want to put my hands on the cookie jar. And he did the right thing, paid off for him. All you had was a bunch of villains guarding the other villains and protecting the villain uh, play. And so Trump understood that. And he didn't get, there was nothing, they could get nothing on him. As a result of it, if he put one finger on that one level of obstruction, he would have been impeached. And just Lindsey Graham was just itching to do it. And I think that it was that kind of BS, though, that was going on with the Russian hoax and with the Ukrainian uh, hoax. Perfect call and Alexander Vinman lying about the call's interpretation and him talking to his old buddy, Eric Ciaramella and George Kent. Mr. Bowtie Guy, all these people with these egos and attitudes like they're Ivy League professors, war- working in the State Department, corrupt as hell, people like uh, Marie Yovanovitch doing business with Deborah Burks and financing certain projects. They call them slush funds and they live a red carpet, high life, five star hotel treatment all along the way. But anybody that can turn a blind eye to due process, but Joe Manchin right now is doing some things, so they're not going to get it done. They're not going to pack the court. They're not going to get the filibustered. Therefore, they're not going to get uh, be able to um, pack the Senate. They're not going to get the states. He's uh, Joe Manchin's already said DC is not going to become a state. Next on the list is going to be Puerto Rico. They're going to try to do that, and somehow that's not going to go through. So if they can't pack the Senate, if they, if they can't get the filibuster, they can't pack the Senate. If they can't pack the Senate, they can't pack the court. And the only thing left to fix is the election fraud. And we're working on that. We're working on that in Arizona. We're working on that in Georgia. We're working on that in a variety of places. There's an investigation going on in Lucerne County just based on the 2020 um, primary election. 2021, I mean 2021 primary election in Pennsylvania where they have major problems with the machines. Again, they find something there, they find something over here. If they find something in Arizona, they're going to spill it over. George is interested in what Arizona is doing and how they're doing it. And Pennsylvania is too. We have some time. Not a lot of time, but we have time to get this done. And at some point, if we could just ban the Dominion voting machines and go with paper counting and do away with mail-in voting. And again, this Joe Manchin vote is going to go a long way in helping that cause. Because... A lot of the states are starting to really restrict mail-in voting. And what they're doing is they're going bold. And the reason why they're going bold is because they want, the Republicans in these states want the Democrats to challenge them in the Supreme Court. And what's happening is there's not a lot of challenges because the Democrats know they'll lose. Because the Republican ask is not that great. Perhaps the Republicans ought to ask for more. Shove more down the throats of the Democrats. Get them to bite on that and take that matter to the Supreme Court. I believe that the Supreme Court, the way it's designed, the way the, make- the makeup is right now, would create a lot of really great precedents, perhaps even super precedents on some of these issues related to gun rights. Related to vote, uh, voting um, integrity, election integrity, related to crystal, uh, critical race theory, and even related to reproduction, abortion, related to education, and related to uh, immigration. The things that are challenging our country and states along the border the most are those issues. The flyover states, they're fine. They're run by pragmatic people, mostly mostly uh, conservative, with exception to Illinois. But they're mostly more conservative, and they're going to be just fine. And they have a balanced, uh, you know, in Michigan or Wisconsin, it's sort of balanced. It's, it's they're toss-up states. But not anymore. So, if we get election integrity, based on the numbers we're seeing on the engagement of Donald Trump versus what we see with Joe Biden, incidentally, Biden is in out of the country right now in Europe, I think, and um, and uh, so is Kamala. That's kind of like an unheard of thing. You don't have both out of the country at the same time, but you know who are they really anyway manchurian candidates of some sort i don't know i want to get to the a couple of these well i also wanted to play a ram paul article so uh ram paul engaged i wanted to play a ram paul segment real quick if i if i can and then i want to um get to this article that's uh very very interesting so, I just got to find what I'm looking for here. Um, and while I do, oh, right here. Okay, so this is going to be Rand Paul talking about Fauci. It's his latest vignette.
2: All right, joining us now is one of the few who questioned Dr. Fauci's expertise and motives. As early as we did, Kentucky Senator Rand Paul, Senator. You are now calling for the firing of Anthony Fauci. Uh, What can you do in the Senate to get more answers than the ones that we have from these emails, which are still redacted?
0: Well, you know, I think we've had a sea change of opinion. Everybody... Left of center was saying this was a conspiracy. No way could it have happened in the Wuhan lab. Now even Dr. Fauci is saying that we should investigate it. But the emails paint a disturbing picture, a disturbing picture of Dr. Fauci from the very beginning worrying that he had been funding gain-of-function research. And he knows it to this day but hasn't admitted we have to get uh, Democrat counterparts that will actually use the committee hearings to investigate this. But so far, it's been such a partisan support for Dr. Fauci that he can do no wrong. But really, there's a lot of evidence that he has a great deal of conflict of interest and that if it turns out this virus came from the Wuhan lab, which it looks like it did, that there's a great deal of culpability in that he was a big supporter of the funding. But he also was a big supporter to this day of saying we can trust the Chinese on this. We can trust the Chinese scientists. And I think that's quite naive and really should preclude him from the position that he's in.
2: And referencing the point you just made, Senator, the emails, they show that Fauci was scrambling in those early days of the pandemic to find out the links between the NIH funded gain of function research and COVID. Now, here's how one of his NIH underlings responded to this email about a 2015 gain of function study that was co authored by the Wuhan Institute of Virology's Bat Lady. And he said, The paper you sent me says the experiments were performed before the gain of function pause, but have since been reviewed and approved by NIH. Not sure what this means, since Emily is sure that no coronavirus work has gone through the P3 framework. <laughs> Explain that, Senator. Well, Why is that so well, significant?
0: Here, here, here's, Laura, what makes it worse. Two weeks ago in committee hearing, he said they did not fund any gain-of-function research. <laughs> I quoted that specific paper. Right. So the very paper that he puts in the email, he says, oh my goodness, we need to read this paper because we looks like we are actually funding gain-of-function research, which is where we juice up these viruses, take them from animals and infect them into humans, He's admitting that to his underling. He's worried about this in February of last year. But only two weeks ago, he tells me, oh, it wasn't gain of function research. But in his email, in the subject line, he says gain of function research. He was admitting
2: it to his private underlings seven, eight, nine months ago. I mean, could there be criminal culpability here given given the repeated uh, 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 failures of Dr. Fauci, who is basically in charge of our, much of our messaging on this and, and advice on this. Could there be criminal culpability the, here, a, a fraud or ongoing uh, collaboration with the Chinese when, when he was making excuses for them?
0: At the very least, there's moral culpability. In the research done by the bat scientist in Wuhan, she gives him credit. She lists the exact NIH grant with a 10 numeral disclaimer or ID number listing the money and thanking the NIH for the money. It's clearly gain of function. There are several scientists who are in this field, cellular biologists. They all say that taking a SARS SARS virus and adding an S protein to it to make it infect human cells, that is the very definition of gain of function. It's very dangerous. We shouldn't be doing it here or there. But Dr. Fauci has denied it to this day, but the private emails show that he was acknowledging that it was gain-of-function, nobody was questioning it, the scientific community needs to look at this because he hides behind this veil of the lab coat that nobody can question him. Yeah, well, I believe, and by looking at the evidence, that it absolutely was gain-of-function research and, and it, he was funding it, and to this day, he's still saying he would do it again because yeah, he no, trusts no. the Chinese scientists. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Well, one of those emails obtained by BuzzFeed, Senator, was from Peter Dashock of the EcoHealth Alliance. So he was the one pushing this and doing this research, uh, and that was funded by NIH uh, in Wuhan. So he wrote to Fauci on April 18, 2020, I just wanted to say a personal thank you for publicly standing up and stating that the scientific evidence supports a natural origin for COVID-19, not a lab release from the Wuhan. The it's unbelievable. Yeah.
0: But here's the thing, Laura. Peter DeZank is not a disinterested party. He's not just looking for the truth. He was the funder of the research in Wuhan. So he has a self-interest in not revealing this because no, it turns out the lab, the virus came from the lab. That, that's my point, too. This is a big deal. So any investigation going forward, it can't include Peter, uh, Tony Fauci, can't include Peter DeZank because they were the ones who funded the lab. They have a conflict of interest with coming to the truth.
2: Uh, we want to ask one more, more question, which is about the timing of the a lift of the moratorium on this type of research senator in in January of 9th of of 2017 uh the NIAD uh released this uh statement saying we have gone through the reviews basically we have all these recommendations as to why this type of research should be permitted it was 11 days before Donald Trump is inaugurated and it's, a, it's a, like a four- or five-page uh, memorandum. Don't you find that timing to be interesting?
0: Absolutely. So the NIH realized that gain-of-function was dangerous. They ban it for three years, and then right before Donald Trump becomes president, they allow it again. They start granting exemptions, all approved by Dr. Fauci. The committee's secret. They won't let you know everybody on the committee, but you know Dr. Fauci knows who's on the committee and reviews this stuff. But then they also allowed some of the research in Wuhan not to go before the committee. And when they were asked... Why was this not reviewed by this committee on safety? They said, well, it wasn't gain-of-function research. So they basically defined it out of the purview of the committee that was supposed to be assessing safety and preventing, you know, dangerous experiments from going on. So, yeah, there's there's something rotten in Denmark, and somebody needs to get to the bottom of this, but it can't include Tony Fauci investigating himself. It's got to be an independent bipartisan commission.
2: Senator, uh, do you have any faith that a a bipartisan commission, given... The lies uh, that have been uh, yeah. put out there, uh, 500,000 dead, and, we and even, people uh, are just looking the yeah. other way. Yeah,
0: we can't even get a hearing, but realize what they were studying in that lab they've admitted to, was 15 times more deadly than the virus we're dealing with. (laughs) COVID-19 has about a 1% mortality, and that's a lot of people. But SARS, the one from 2004, has a 15% mortality, and they were taking SARS and juicing it up and making it more infectious to human airway cells. That's a really scary thing to do, particularly for the Chinese communists, who I don't think are the most trustworthy of partners. Yeah, well, and
1: and that's it. So that's some really damning information, but um, we want to get to the next uh, thing with the limited time we have left and that is uh, this This Brandon Smith wrote this, two pieces globalists will need another crisis in America as their reset agenda fails so it might sound like US exceptionalism to point out uh, to point this out and how very dare I, but Even if the globalist reset is unsuccessful, in every other nation on earth, the globalists are still failures if they can't secure a subjugate uh, and subjugate the American people. Uh, uh, So, basically, says most of the world has been sufficiently disarmed, and even through, even though we are seeing resistance in multiple European nations against forced vaccination legislation and medical tyranny, it is unlikely that they will have the ability to actually repel a full-on march into totalitarianism. Most of Asia, India, and Australia are already well under control. Africa is almost an afterthought, considering Africa is where many suspected uh, vaccines are tested. Uh, America represents the only significant obstacle to the agenda. And this is true, you know, this is why they fear Trump so much. Conservative Americans in particular have been a thorn in the side of the globalists for generations, and it really comes down to a simple simple matter of mutual exclusive exclusion. You cannot have an openly globalist society and conservative ideals at the same time. Remember how I've been saying you can't have socialism if you have a strong, vibrant, working, independent thinking? Middle class. It's the same thing as what he's saying here. Conservatives believe in limiting, well, we already know that. So I'm not going to get into, I read these over the weekend, so. But what he was talking about is he says, in this next article, which he just wrote, so that one was in April, in June 3rd, he wrote this one. Cyber Polygon. will the next globalist war game lead to another convenient cat- catastrophe? so I like this I, I found it very interesting about this part he said the COVID pandemic was no exception it's quite miraculous I have specifically outlined so what he said what he's suggesting is will the next globalist war game war game lead to another convenient catastrophe think about that question and then let's answer it so so He talks about, he specifically outlined the bizarre coincidence of the World Economic Forum's Event 201 exercise, a war game co-funded by Bill Gates and John Hopkins, and launched in October of 2019. Event 201 simulated a global novel zoonotic coronavirus pandemic, supposedly spread from bats to people that required a global lockdown response. Only two months later, the real thing actually happened. Almost every aspect of the COVID event was played out exactly as it was practiced during the WEF war game. Okay, that's number one. But let's flip it. Let's say it's not going to be a a virus next time. Let's say it's going to be something else. You know, if you think about what Ocasio Cortez stands for, she stand she wants to end uh, fossil fuels. She wants to put an end to beef eating because they believe cow fatulence is a major contributor to <coughs> um, green green uh, you know CO two emissions. They also think that um, fossil fuels is a pollutant. So, what they want to do. Well, it's push electric vehicles, which Biden did. And at the same time, hackers hacked Colonial Pipeline and raised the prices of, of oil and gas, which means that you'll consume less oil and gas, right? And if they do the same thing with beef, say cow flatulence, then the idea is you're going to consume less beef as the price of beef goes up. And they're going to double whammy that by increasing the amount of beef that China can buy from the United States, thereby raising the price of beef up even further. And the hackers hacked a beef industry, beef plant and caused the prices of beef to rise. Or it will. It hasn't just yet, but it will. And so, you know, and that's inflation as well. And inflation, in, fa- in fact, it impacted the liber- l- lumber market uh, the be, cattle, agriculture, and and fossil fuels. Milk also, milk and eggs, stuff like that. But it's not affecting others. That's what we call it, a bi-inflation, buy, um, buy bi-flation, yeah, is what they, they call it. So it's a targeted, designed to hurt the middle class, to push the green initiative. And don't forget, the largest farmer in America, Bill Gates. And he's, he's on record as saying he wants 100% consumption of synthetic beef. But we're out of time. So with that, my name is Scott Adams. We'll see you next time on the radio. Bye-bye, everybody.